Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 65 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu Show. You know, you can Today's episode is going to be a fun story. This is a story that is 100% true. Of course, I'll embellish a little bit as I do on every story that I tell, but uh, this is actually my story of my vacation last week and three jujitsu rules that apply to life or life lessons that apply to jujitsu, uh, however you want to look at it. So uh, today we're just going to kind of tell you guys a story and uh, uh, stop at certain points. And I promise the story is incredibly interesting. It's incredibly fun. You guys will like it. And uh, we're just going to stop at some points and, and talk about some lessons that you can draw from your jujitsu and, and apply to jujitsu or uh, from jujitsu and apply to life. So uh, to get started, I will just preface it with this. I was on vacation for uh, a week last week. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, it was supposed to be 10 days. It ended up being a week. I'll explain more about why later. Uh, but we were visiting family in Gulf Shores, Alabama. If you're listening to this episode right when it comes out, you may right, realize that Gulf Shores, Alabama just got hit with Hurricane Sally. And uh, if you're wondering, that is what this episode is going to be about. That's what this story is going to be about. So this is kind of uh, kind of what happened in this scenario is happens like every year. We always go on vacation during hurricane season. There's always an impending hurricane and it never seems to hit us. You know what I mean? The coast is huge and uh, usually these hurricanes don't really hit us. They're not really that big of a deal. Well, the tough thing about a hurricane when you're following it is it's a category three and then it's down to a tropical storm and then it's a one and then it's a two. And so there's really no telling where it's going to hit and there's no telling how hard it is going to hit. A lot of times they dissipate before they even get to uh, land. And so that's normal. That's what we were hoping on. We are staying right on the water, mind you, um, a few miles from the epicenter of where this hurricane hit. And uh, sure enough, we are on the fence. Should we leave? Where could we even go? What should we do? And uh, we end up, we end up deciding to stay. Okay. So we're going to stay. Um, the house that we're in is actually designed for, uh, to be able to withstand a category three. And at the time it was bouncing between a tropical storm and a category one. It ended up uh, a category two when it hit us. It was Tuesday night, the, the hurricane hits us. And it was really, really, really scary. Uh, you always see these things. You know, like, I, live, I live in the Midwest, so you're around tornadoes a lot. And you kind of compare a hurricane to a, to a tornado. A hurricane is nothing like a tornado um, when you're in it. Um, there are tornadoes in a hurricane, but uh, yeah, a hurricane is not like a tornado when you are in it. Uh, what I mean by that is something I always say when you're in a tornado, when your house is like getting hit or right next to a tornado, it sounds like a freight train. The, the air is moving so fast. Well, 
uh, in the hurricane, it sounded like that for three hours. Um, the wind was 110 miles an hour. The water was up to the house was the waves were hitting the windows of the house. Really was a, a re really crazy experience. We get out the next day after um, sitting in this hurricane and uh, we see probably at least 10 trees that were on the road that we could, that we need to get out of to even get to a road that would lead to a main road. So we don't know how far this goes, uh, but we know what we can control right now. Uh, we have a chainsaw and my uncle who is some sort of chainsaw sav savant, is that right? Yes, yeah, savant. He is uh, the type of guy that uh, carves things in trees on with a chainsaw. And so it was really unique. It was really cool that we had that. We had enough guys to move uh, branches that we could cut out of the way. And so that is, um, that is the first lesson for today, though. That's the first jujitsu lesson. And uh, when you're looking at it, I always call it the bad position rule. When you're in a really bad spot, whether in life or jujitsu, you don't focus on what you can't control. We don't focus that the house is still in a foot of water. We don't focus that uh, there's no way that we're going to get out that day. We focus on well, if we're going to get out tomorrow or the next day or the next day, we need to make sure these trees are out of the way. And so that's what we focused on. We controlled what we could control in jujitsu. Uh, the bad position rule goes like this. You're in bottom side control. The guy's bigger, stronger, and better than you. You do not resist. You do not, uh, and this is what everyone does. They try to bridge against their weight. Uh, I have a 200 pound guy on top of me in side control and I try to bridge towards him and that is just so illogical it's a waste of energy and I can't control that he has too much weight there is not enough space uh bridging into him doesn't make sense but maybe my hips are free maybe I can scoot my hips towards him or away from him or I can turn my hips and then that might start to free my shoulders off the mat so that is the idea of the bad position rule when you don't know what you can control when you don't know, or when you're in a bad situation, you just focus on what you can control. You find something that you can control. And sometimes it doesn't even make that much of a difference, but what it does do is it keeps you from doing something stupid, right? Uh, that's like a lot of times in bad situations, we make them worse by panicking and then saying, well, I need to get out. I need to do something. I gotta, I gotta do something uh, and, and fix this right now, for example. When you're in bottom side control and you say, oh no, I'm here, I need to escape right now. Sometimes the only thing that you can control in bottom side control is your breathing. The only thing that you can control is not extending your arms. And so if you go in and say, oh, I'm gonna bridge and extend my arms and get out now, uh, you put yourself at a lot more risk than just focusing on what you can control. So that's kind of the first lesson. And so that's that was really our first day uh, post hurricane was um, cutting down these trees. Well really, it started to get stressful at that point because uh, our family that lives out there, they're on a generator. There are eight extra people in their house um, using up electricity, using up water, using up uh, food that they had uh, because we were all on vacation. That's where we were spending vacation this year. Uh, they have a beautiful house and they're super welcoming. So we got to hang out with them. And uh, 
it ends up that we kind of wake up the next day and uh, mind you, I'm the youngest person in, in our family uh, besides my wife. And uh, I just woke up and I had made the decision, hey, we can't stay here tonight. We need to go. Um, it, it, I know that it's, it's, uh, it's risky to go, but I really think that we need to go. And so I talked to my dad. He was with us. Uh, he's been on the show before episode two. He was the first energy interview ever on the show. One of the most listened to episodes you guys would absolutely love it. But anyway, I talked to him and we both agree, Hey, we got to go. We need to change our flight. We need to figure out a way to get to the airport. The airport's about two hours away. And uh, we need to figure out a way to get to the airport. We need to get out of here. We do not need to add extra stress and um, add extra use on uh, this power. They have a very limited amount of gas and uh, they use propane. They don't use uh, regular like uh, gasoline for their uh, uh, generator. I don't know why I told you that, but I guess just giving more description of the story. But we decide we're going to go. And uh, that is kind of the next lesson from uh, a jujitsu standpoint that sometimes abandoning ship is the best idea. And I'm not going to talk about it in like, if you don't like your gym, we've done episodes on that. Um, We're talking about uh, all this stuff positionally. Um, You know, like if I am, uh, I I say it like this. Sometimes uh, I'm going to, I'm trying to pass the guard and I really love to pass daily heva guard so I can knee cut, right? Uh, well, I start to enter daily heva guard. I start to go and then my sleeves start to get controlled and I start to get put into spider guard. I don't have to pass spider guard. That is something that people struggle understanding. Uh, even at black belt and jujitsu, they think they have to uh, have a way to beat every position. I think you should have an answer to every position, but sometimes that answer is not to pass uh, the spider guard. Maybe the answer is to just break grips, reset, get force daily heave guard, and then try to pass that, or force half guard, and then try to pass that. Uh, so just having that understanding of just because I'm in a situation doesn't mean I have to go through the situation. And uh, knowing the difference is hard. Uh, sometimes you say, well, did I abandon ship too early? Uh, obviously we could go this with, with life, um, with a relationship, with something like that. Did I abandon ship too early? And you, and you worry about it. And so something, a, a really simple rule that I follow, um, with these things is to, to give everything that I have in whatever I'm doing. Um, so if it's in my relationship, I'm going to give everything I have, and then there will not be any question when it is time to leave, when it's time to end that relationship. There's not any question when it's time to abandon the position that I've been trying to, that I've been working on for three months maybe, or specifically when I'm in a jujitsu match and I'm trying a certain pass and it's not working. Sometimes you just have to abandon ship and there's nothing you can do about it. But the best way to know that is uh, to, to not be lazy with anything. Anything you do, you put all your effort into it. If you're going to train jujitsu, you train jujitsu hard. If you're going to do a guard pass, you do the guard pass. And I don't mean you strain yourself. I just mean you don't give up on those things. You don't say, oh man, 
you know, maybe I'll get this guard pass, maybe I won't. You go in and you try to get the guard pass. If you don't, then you know that it's time to abandon ship and you get out. And so that is the next lesson uh, that applies to both jujitsu life and a third thing, a hurricane, uh, is you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And uh, so that was kind of what we decided. We were going to leave. Now, here's the problem. We have uh, a rental car. The rental car, there was nowhere to get gas the night before the hurricane. So we've got a little over a quarter of a tank. Theoretically, we should be able to make it to the airport. We're going to have to pay the whatever they charge you per gallon uh, to fill up the tank afterwards, which is like ridiculous, but we're going to make it. And so that's kind of the, the game plan is how are we going to get to the airport? I think the airport's like uh, 90 something miles away. We have like a hundred and something miles in our gas tank, like very low 100, 105 maybe. Well, we start driving. The problem now is that there are a ton of road closures and nobody's phone works uh, because there a lot of the cell phone towers got knocked down. And so we are driving around and we are trying to trying to find a way to get to this airport. We can't find this main road. And uh, we drive around to a point where we're down to now 40 miles and we actually have not gotten any closer to the airport. And this is super stressful, right? So we're now 96 miles from the airport and we have 40 miles left in our tank. Keep in mind, gas stations aren't allowed to pump gas while they're using a generator. No one has electricity, so everyone's using a generator. Um, I don't know why that's a rule, but they're not. So nowhere has gas. We're stressed. We don't know what to do. We're driving around. I said, okay, maybe I can find a bar of uh, phone signal. We'll call the other car that has the rest of our family. They haven't left yet, hopefully. And maybe they can siphon gas for us or something. And uh, we can get that figured out. And uh, that, that could be our backup plan. And so um, I'm looking for a signal, looking for a signal, I finally find one. I just kind of pull into somebody's driveway. Keep in mind, this is on country road 95. We're not in the suburbs. Uh, we're not in the city. We're in the middle of nowhere. There is a house and we're kind of parked across from it. And I'm trying to get a hold of my uncle, can't get a hold of him. And I go, dad, you should, you should ask these people. They're, they're outside if they have any gas that we can buy. And uh, he walks over and he asks them, they're like, no, we don't. We need it for our generators. We walk back. We're discouraged. We're like, yeah, we're going to be walking 50 miles to the airport tonight. We don't know what to do. And uh, as we start to pull out, the, the, one of, the woman that was living there that said no waves over to us. She gives us a gallon and a half of gas. That gallon and a half puts us at 91 miles left. She tells us the road we should take to get to the airport. She tells us how to get there. She says she believes that it's open. So keep in mind, I said 96 miles. We were at 96 miles to get to the airport. We have 91 miles in our tank. And uh, this brings us to the last jujitsu lesson, the last life lesson from this story. Sometimes... You just got to trust the process and you just got to grind. And that's what we did. We, uh, I, I got in the car. I said, we're going to make it. We turned off our AC. We, we actually had our AC off at this point already. And we started driving. 
and we were, um, I don't know, I don't know if it's like this in all states. I know in my state, it's illegal to draft behind semis, but it works. And, uh, you know, if you want to argue that it doesn't work, the Mythbusters did an episode on it. And then we also tested it live for an hour and 40 minutes on our drive to the airport. We made it to the airport with eight miles left in our tank. And then also complete different note, the, uh, the, the lady at, I forget which one car company we use, maybe Hertz, the lady at Hertz rental company was super cool and didn't charge us for our empty tank of gas. She's like, ah, there was nowhere you could fill up and uh, took care of us. But uh, yeah, that is the last lesson is sometimes you just got to grind through it. There are times in jujitsu that we uh, aren't feeling like we're getting better. Uh, We just feel like we are out of options. We are out of gas for that matter. And there's just no other options. There's no gas stations open, dude. And so you do just have to, you do just have to sit through it and grind and it's stressful and it's tough and everybody deals with it but we just keep pushing forward. We just keep grinding. And eventually you will either make it or you'll run out of gas on the side of the road and have to hitchhike. But that didn't happen to us. Uh, Sometimes you just keep pushing, you know, you get as much gas as you can for the day, Uh, get as much gas gas as you can for the drive. And that is um, the third lesson. It's sometimes you just got to grind in, you know, the tough thing is there's two contrasting lessons there. Uh, you know, you've got to know when to give up and you've got to know when to grind. Well, how do you know the difference? Only you can know that, but whichever you decide, you just commit to. You just say, this was my decision. Whether I make it or not, it's on me. I am going to go. And uh, I think, you know, you hear a lot of stories in that and just in life in general, but especially in jujitsu, you hear these jujitsu stories where uh, guys want to move and, and train somewhere else, or they want to open their own school, or they want to do something uh, on their own. And the people that have success are the people that just commit, regardless of if they decided to stay or they decided to go. Um, but it's the people that commit that seem to do the best, that seem to uh, grow the most. And that is, uh, that is our lessons for today. Uh, it's a quicker episode and uh, it's a little less rehearsed, a little less written down than most of my episodes are. But really the big reason is because I'm still tired from um, the drive from hell. That was literally the most stressful thing that I have ever dealt with. Uh, Nothing is more stressful than knowing there are zero gas stations open in the freaking state. Watching your miles to get there and your miles to run out of gas, just slowly, slowly drain. That was really stressful. I did not like that. I do not recommend doing that. If there's a fourth lesson to get uh, from this story, it is always have a full tank of gas. And uh, that was that was a really frustrating one. That was a really scary one. But we made it. We're good. We're alive. And I'm back, ready to train, ready to teach. Uh, I actually just accepted a uh, uh, the main event for the Fuji World Pro on October 17th. If you guys are from the St. Louis area, cagetix.com, they are selling tickets. And uh, you know, I plan on putting on a show. I get to fight Andrew Wiltsey. Uh, if you guys know who that is, he is 
Um, I think he actually just lost some of his ranking, but he was very high ranked in Nogi at uh, 77 kilograms. Uh, he just lost to William Tackett. And that's what I think his rank went down a little bit. He's not in the top 10 anymore, but I believe he wasn't the top 10. Super, super good competitor. Won Worlds, I think, at like blue, purple, and brown. It, whether it won either Gi or Nogi, I believe he won in all three. And uh, yeah, just a monster of a competitor. And uh, we are both about the same weight. We're both from the Midwest and uh, we're gonna fight for the main event. And it's gonna be really, really fun. It's definitely gonna be worth watching. They're not streaming it on anything. So the only way to watch it is to be there. And so uh, that is what it's time to focus on. It's time to train for. And I'm sure uh, training hard, getting ready, being in a camp. Since I've had this show, I haven't been able to do this. I haven't been able to uh, kind of get into a really good shape and train because uh, most of the show has been uh, during the pandemic when there hasn't been many tournaments. And then I haven't wanted to compete at smaller stuff or, or uh, things like that because uh, I want to be in good shape if I'm going to compete. And then just the uncertainty of competition during the pandemic uh, was tough, you know? And so it's, you know, just kind of finally getting to compete again. Uh, I thought that I was probably not going to get to compete at all this year. And uh, it's exciting that I'm going to get, I'm going to get one in and uh, maybe more towards the end. You know, you always, when you get in good shape, you usually want to use it. And so that might be, but we'll see on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, through the rest of the year but for right now that's the focus we got a little less than a month to train training camp actually already started but uh we'll get really really good shape we'll really push it probably show you guys a little more of uh, uh what i do for weightlifting and uh what i do for diet things like that and um what i do for mental training uh if you guys listen to any of the jeff shoals episodes that's a lot of what I do for mental training is uh, the stuff that he has explained and um, he has helped us with because he helped me with off camera and, uh, you know, really, really good competitive mindset type stuff. And so that is the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, whatever day you were listening to this episode on. Uh, I'm releasing it on Monday, releasing it later than I normally do because uh, I recorded it later. I usually record the day before, but uh, did not have time because fantasy football, man. I was watching NFL Red Zone the whole day and uh, can't be recording two two episodes when it's football season, baby. Uh, but we're back. We're getting stuff ready. We're going to push through. And also, if you guys don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, be sure to do that. Uh, so we're gonna start to, uh, on the why why you suck at Jiu-Jitsu show, uh, where we break down moves, do kind of a move of the week. We are covering the heel hook this week. And so I think you guys will like um, kind of just a different perspective on it. And so be sure to check that out. Hope you guys have a great week, have a great day. And I hope that you guys suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu. You know, you can. You can.